All right, everybody, welcome back to the Wacko Whip hey. podcast. Scott is in here. Whoa. Emily's in the house. The boys and the girl are back. <laughs> it's about to be a great day. Back in town. Uh, all right, we got a lot going on this week. Fall series, still, still in full swing. TPC Summerlin last week. The Shriners Hospital Classic, I believe it's called. Mr. Bryson DeChambeau. Hello, Bryson. Kind of, kind of on a tear lately. Kind of on a tear. Playing some good G. Uh, I think his fifth career win. Yes, indeed. So he's got he's got a lot of recent wins too, right? He's got you know if you count his two FedEx Cup victories at, towards the end of last season. Yep. Now he's got this one. So a lot of he's recent got memorial. victories for him. He's got he had Memorial Midsummer. Uh, what do you guys think about Bryson? Uh, I'll 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 defer and let the lady go first on this one. All right, come on, Em. You mean douchebag O? <laughs> That's a horrible nickname. No, I like it. No. Wise Douchebag why... sounds a lot better. Douchebag. Uh, douchebag. Okay. Your thoughts on Bryson? Yeah, you know. Uh, uh, he doesn't really make me excited. I don't like watching him. Great, good. You won more, but you kind of come off like a cocky douche. That's why I call him douchebag. You know, <laughs> so I'm going to take the complete opposite reason of not liking him that Emily just gave. And I think he does offer quite a bit. I and he know, does offer he's he the single lake irons, the, the, the Payne Stewart cap. He's Puma. He's flashy. And we can get into his recent most outrageous comment yet. Um, but I don't <laughs> like him because I think he almost tries too hard to be somebody and tries to be too um, much of an of an individual, and he's not just a golfer. Um, there is no denying his talent. Obviously, uh, this comes off the heels of an unbelievable college career at SMU when he won, you know, golfer of the year award. He won the team title and he won the individual title at SMU. Um, there's no no denying he's an unbelievable talent. Somebody that I think will compete with the JTs and Dustins in the world for the next, you know, couple years to come or 20 years to come, um, as long as, you know, he stays healthy and keeps his head on right. Bryson DeChambeau is not going anywhere. Um, and I think he's good for the game because he's someone that is a little different. Okay, so just to follow up a little bit, I, I like everything that you said, and I, I understand where you're coming from with all of it, right? However... I don't know if it's <laughs> that stupid hat that he wears. <laughs> That's why I don't think I like him. Steve, you know what you're not getting for Christmas? Or the un- unconventional swing style. He's he has slow play. I don't really like. I don't really wa- like watching that. He's a little slow on the course. So I I agree with you, Scotty. You know, and I agree. I partly agree with Emily. I do think he's interesting. He's interesting yeah. in some way, but. So here's what I can deal with. There's like there's like a fine line with me, right? Single length clubs, mm-hmm. find that interesting, right? Fine. You you wear the, the single length clubs. He's about physics and the math. The bigger grips, fine. The hat, that's still fine. Where I start drawing the line with Bryson, and you mentioned trying too hard, Scotty. Yeah, is spraying your ball with mist to see how it's gonna react. <laughs> Yeah, with morning dew. Okay, whatever else he's done, he's he's uh, breaking out a compass on the green to measure stuff, which the USGA has had to stop him for. The saddle putting he did, I think, at the last year, where he stands behind the ball and like basically, you know, yeah, uh, it's it's a saddle putting is basically like between your legs, sort of sitting behind the ball, like chest to the hole, right? So all that stuff to me. That's taking a little too far. That's that's aiming towards or leaning towards to me 
uh, someone who's trying a little bit too hard. And then, as you said, uh, I think the biggest one of all, and I'll let you comment on this, Scotty, is his latest comments. Keeping the pin in yeah. the hole, <laughs> trying to putt, which is part of the new rules. We'll get into the new rules. You're going to be able to do that in 2019. But come on, Bryson. Yeah, so here's my big thing is that he golf is a game of rules where you call penalties upon yourself. And all of these rule changes, which, as you mentioned, we'll get into later, are supposed to do things to speed up the game and help the game. They're not supposed to be used as Bryson will now use this one um, to take advantage of uh, some type of uh, advantage to ha- as he sees fit. Um, so let's go to what he said. He said um, he is going to leave the flag stick in on every tournament that is not the U.S. Open because of the coefficient of the coefficient <laughs> this is a tough COR. one this is a tough one. yeah this is the which is the coefficient of restitution which is basically <laughs> what the coefficient of restitution of course it's because the coefficient which is of the relative velocity between two objects after they collide come on yeah that this is listen he <sighs> what he is thinking is because of the fact that most tournaments use fiberglass pins um, and the U.S. Open uses wooden ones that he will have some type of advantage that if he can use the flag stick to knock his ball back in play off a fiberglass pin versus a wooden pin, it will actually increase his chances of it knocking the ball in, thus making him more room to uh, to make a putt and, okay. and increase his chances. So I'm hearing a lot here. I get it. Douchebag has a physics Bad degree. Name. Douchambo. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. But here's another thing. Yeah. So you keep the pin in yep. when you're put- like he's going to keep the pin in whether he's chipping. It doesn't matter like when he's putting because he has a better percentage chance of making the, the, the putt than A, if the pin is out and B, if it's not a wooden it's yeah. all bullshit. It's all bullshit. It, he's taking it way too far. He think he's he, he's he's doing this to be cool. He's yeah. doing it to be cool. He's not doing it to make more pause. He's doing it to be cool. Actually, I'm playing devil's advocate. I when I play by myself, I kind of like playing with the. That's because we're trying to play quick. So so you just <laughs> you just hit on a great point, and I think all golfers do this when they play by themselves. They putt with the putt in or the with the pin in. But if you're out there for four days in a tournament event, there's no way that you would say, oh, you know what, leave the pin in so I can actually have a better chance of this knocking the ball back in if I miss on the high side. This is Bryson is just trolling us at this point. I, I thought he was doing it a little bit with, as you mentioned, Steve, with the mist um, for the playoff event. This this is not going to be a trend on tour. This is not going to pick up. The only people that were going to do this are people like Bryson who think they're smarter and want to let people know how smart they are. And that's all that Bryson's doing. I'm rooting for the guy, but he is taking it way too far. This is why he gets nicknames like you know, D D Douchebango and, and all of these different things. <laughs> I love how things. we have like four different ways. Yeah, <laughs> like this 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 is why he's doing it. He and to our earlier question, this is also why he's relevant and we're talking about him and as we described, we find him interesting, but I'm not a fan and that he's taking it way too far. Wait, so can we just uh, rewind it for a second? Why did he bring the compass out? He thought he, he could measure the green better than like the green reading books. Something had to do with that. Correct. The Douche spot on the green. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah, so he had he had literally had a compass out like on the green. So, but going back to, okay, so what you were saying, they told him he was no longer 
able to use the compass. Do you think that they are all the officials are also going to say, no, nope, sorry, you got to take the pin out. This is how you play tournament. No, golf. I mean, I can't now. I mean, it's already part of the rules. They've already the USGA has already indoctrinated that into some of the rules that they, they're going to use, um, which the PGA Tour will follow. So they can't go back on that. Uh, I probably until next year, like if this was a big trend and they saw like unfairness and, and a lot of people using this pin for his advantage, then maybe they could recorrect it into a rules committee. But I'm just rooting for him to do this and like knock his ball 40 oh, yeah. yards left off the green into the water or something at like Augusta. That's what I'm rooting for. I can't wait for it. Like he keeps it in on like a downhill putt and it's going like straight into the hole and it hits it and goes like six feet. Left. I'm rooting and for he, it. He ends up three putting. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So, I mean, here's the other thing is I think the this, this shtick uh, around tour, too, it's not just with fans. The shtick around tour, at some point, like, he has friends on tour, but at some point people are going to be like, come on, dude. Like, what are you doing, right? Um, I'd then, be surprised if, if there wasn't already that. Right, uh, exactly. No one's come out and said anything yet. But, like, listen, like, to your point, your guy and, like, laid-back Ricky Fowler, you, and who is another Puma guy, you think, like, he's sitting thinking, like, wow, like, Bryson's on to something. Let me do that. Well, here's the thing. Speaking of on to something, not to interrupt you, but so he's won a lot recently, right? Yeah. But and by so, the way, how's he won by taking the flag stick out when he's putting? Uh, so he he's he's won a lot recently, but he has he's got his major record sucks, right? He's won. He's like, I'm just gonna go over it. I'm looking it up right now. So U.S. Open last year, T25, British Open, T51. British uh, PGA Championship cut Masters T thirty eight. I guess I went backwards there, but he really wasn't. And he wasn't any better in twenty seventeen. So look, come to me when you start winning majors. You're contending in majors and saying, okay, well, like maybe maybe you can say like this stuff's gonna start to work or people might adapt to it. I don't think anyone's ever gonna do it. But look, he's winning tournaments. He hasn't really been close in, in any majors. Uh, I think we've heard enough about Bryson. I'm, I'm over Duchambeau. And I, I really uh, liked your yeah. point. I got it right for you. But I, I like the point of what you were saying about Ricky Fowler. Ricky had a good weekend. Oh, yeah. He had a great weekend, I thought. A strong performance. Yes, indeed. Yet not a great not a great one on Saturday. So, Saturday, yeah, Saturday he... Saturday he... So, Thursday, Friday, he put himself in contention. Third and fourth place, as always. Great on Thursday and Friday, puts himself in contention, gets into the weekend, and something happens. It blows up, whatever. Uh, he, you know, so I think there's two things going on with Ricky. You know, we said this on a couple, actually, it might have been the first podcast that we just put up last time. I'm a Ricky Homer, love this guy, want to see him win a major, uh, about as bad as anybody. But he's got to get over some of those weekend nerves. I don't know if they're nerves or if it's just not coming in the clutch. But whatever he's got to do mentally to get himself to play better on Saturday and Sunday, he's got to do it. I think Butch Harmon, as swing coach, is the guy to do it, to motivate him and get him there. That's my opinion. But he's got to get there. And then statistically, there's a few things because I watch a lot of Ricky golf. Like I got the PGA Tour app going. Oh like if he's on, if he's in a featured group, I'm watching yeah. Ricky play. And I just notice a lot he is missing his spots when he's in position off the tee. So he's gotten a lot better driving the ball, and he's a great long iron, long iron player. But when he gets in position to score, like when 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 guys are in attack mode on tour from 100 to 150 yards in, he doesn't get anywhere near close enough to the hole to make the birdies he needs to. 
and I think that's a huge reason. And, and you know, he's not coming in the clutch. He's not playing better on the weekends. Just to give you a couple quick things. I just think he has the weekend yips. Maybe he'll start putting with the flex. But these sticking. stats were staggering to me because I noticed this on TV, right? I'm watching. I'm like, he's he's 125 yards out. Now he's got a 30-foot putt. He's Next hole, he's 118 yards out. He's got a 19-foot putt. I'm like, that's bad for me. Like, I, I'd be closer if I'm in the middle of the fairway. So, uh, so Is that a challenge, Steve? No, not at all. <laughs> but he, he ranked between 100 and 125 yards. He ranked 184th on tour okay so 22 feet from the pin on average so to your point about bryson like when does ricky win a major next year next year i hope he wins it next year but i mean i think he's got it this is what i think he's got to fix i mean this is i think he's got to fix his mental strength on the weekend and he's got to fix his proximity to the hole when he's 150 yards in, when he's got a wedge or a gap wedge in his hand, he's got to be closer. So this is what I think he's going to do. He's going to win a major next year. Whoa. But in order to do that, he needs to practice on the visualization mentality. It's sitting in your room, lying down with your eyes closed and visually <laughs> visually watching yourself from 150 yards out. Oh, boy. Oh making, like making it on the green and or putting that putt as Especially when it's a Saturday or Sunday, because he's on. Are you a psychiatrist? (laughs) I'm telling you, this is what I did when I was when I was an athlete. Ricky, if you're you're listening, Emily (laughs) is offering a sports psychology. We figured it out for you. Sports psychology. It's not like it's not like the. I don't well, know. a lot of guys visualize shots. I mean, it's and maybe he maybe you got to visualize. Like that's what I'm telling you. If he practices visualization. Via whatever sports psychologist out there that maybe should be counseling him, I truly believe that he'll be able to close. He's on fire on Thursdays and Fridays because he's having fun with it. But when he's in contention on the Saturdays, even more so Sundays, minus this past week because he did better on Sunday, he is not a closer. He's not able. There's a yip that happens mentality-wise that he needs to get over. And via via visualization... That's what's going to put him over the top. So, Ricky, we can talk. Give me a shout. Sports Psychology by Emily. No problem. More visualization. <laughs> Sports visualization. It works. I'm telling you, it works. It might. Uh, so, I hope he wins one next year. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm saying I'm going to go against the what game. What do you think? I don't think he wins one next year. No. You think he wins one in the next five years? Yes. Should we put money on this? Yes. That he doesn't win one next year? Yes. Sure. We can make a friendly bet here. Triggerfish. Oh, done. Perfect. So that's about like a forty dollar bet. Perfect. Perfect. Done. Sugarfish is good sugar with me. over there, Scotty. All right. Yeah. So Ricky, another good know performance. Your favorite, let's hope. Uh, let's hope he he can get it together for majors. I think I think everyone would want to see him win, even if you lose the bet. Uh, yeah. Even if you. Uh, one of the things I didn't like about the weekend, TPC Summerlin. Yeah. I mean. The boys out, out in Vegas, they're having fun. Yeah, I, I just think that it was, there were several, what looked like several, and I don't have a course map in front of me, but it looked like several short par fours that guys were driving with three woods or woods and, and just get trying to get up and down for birdies. It was a birdie fest. You know, I, I don't, per, pre, personal preference, I don't like seeing a tournament 21, 22 under winning it. Uh, I think it's, and I saw as I was watching down the down the stretch and kind of rooting for Ricky because he was making a Sunday run. I saw Bryson and Patrick Cantlay like spraying shots, 
going way left, yeah. way right, and then these guys are basically able to just hit it over a tree onto the green four feet from the pin yeah. and make a birdie. It's yeah. like you just hit two horrible shots in a row, and you know, you're know you still still making birdies. So I, when a course doesn't punish you for bad shots at that level, to me it becomes bo- it becomes a boring golf and a putting contest. Not a strong take, but, but I would agree. And I, I think it's definitely not the most fun type of golf to watch right because you want to watch guys that get penalized when they hit bad shots yeah. and certainly bad shots off the tee that we all struggle with you know but like if you looked on the telecast and you saw the shot tracers you saw where these balls would go and as you said Cantley would get up there and still make a birdie now interesting enough you know Cantley he was going for the repeat so I would say he probably knows the golf course and knows the spots to miss it and that does take some talent, but but I'm with you. I I don't think that we should have 20, 25 under winning tournaments. Like 8, 9, 10 under it still is a very, very solid weekend of playing golf. And also, too, I think when you have a birdie contest like that, you take some people out of it because usually it's just a big hitter's ballpark, those type of yeah. golf courses traditionally. And the guys that are, you know, slug it out and hit have to hit seven and six irons into greens usually aren't able to compete anymore um and so i think you have kind of a limited field of of guys that can win when you make it a birdie fest that's true great to be in vegas but yeah that's a great yes great great point we're gonna have another golf match in vegas pretty soon that's pretty soon coming up in a couple weeks didn't hear any recent news about so i have some recent news you do on this yes on the film so 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 the on air people for will be natalie golbus nice and Ooh. shane bacon what Ooh, shane got the nod shane got the nod look at that and like that's awesome um, congrats there is going to be a little thing between barkley and pat perez uh before the the match okay so they're making this fun so they're gonna make this a little bit fun that's thank god that's all the details that i know um so there you go. Oh, there we go. It's more more details spilling in. You, <laughs> yeah, so you more breaking news on the Tiger Film match here. Yeah, here on, first on, on Waggle Waggle Waggle. Basically the leader in breaking news on the Tiger and Film match. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Uh, another quick note. DJ and Paulina, did we see this Instagram? Yes. <laughs> did we see it? Oh, Big yeah. news. He's back. He's back, baby. I don't know uh, who's more excited. Would it be DJ or you, Steve? <laughs> Look, I'm just happy for the guy. He's out there. You know, he's, he gets taken, stripped off of her Instagram account. Like, no more pictures oh, of them together. Oh, that's just horrible. Then they, then, then they uh, you know, going into, he's playing horrible going into the, like, the end of the major season. Everyone's wondering what's going on with him. And then she shows up at Ryder Cup. We're like, okay, maybe things are starting to work out. The guy's, like, working his ass off, taking pictures of her, selfies of her in front of wherever they were at the party uh it you know he's he's working real hard and then all of a sudden out of the blue we get like this i'm in love with you uh gazy post from paulina looking up at, at dustin with a big smile i'm like all right i'm happy for the guy like they they look like they're working it out that's my take all right so let me defend my girl pj uh and i do still refer to her as paulina Gusky because you know as they're not technically married yet so we don't know what happened. No, we don't. We don't know what caused 
someone to take someone off a Instagram post, which would traditionally <laughs> mean something. That's true. Um, and so I think it's a little unfair to say, oh, well, like now he's back um, because we, we don't know what he did. Um, I've heard rumors. I will not spread them on a podcast. Um, because they've We've all heard oh, a lot. Of on, <laughs> DJ, because, We've all heard a lot of DJ because like they're that. not confirmed yet. Um, oh, I want to hear the rumors. And so, so knowing both individuals in this case, and certainly closer to Paulina, um, I don't doubt for a second that there is some type of uh, disagreement. But they are back, and and I think all of Waggle and Whiff is rooting for them. Yeah, all of Waggle and Whiff, very happy. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll see what happens going forward, but I'm glad, I'm glad it looks like they're getting along. Shout out to my girl, Paulina. Shout out. (laughs) Scotty's girl, Paulina. Careful. Kidding. All right. How about the new rules? We haven't talked about, you know, we haven't talked about new rules coming for 2019. Yes, indeed. Uh, we've got more time to discuss. There's a lot of new stuff coming out, so we can, we can discuss these as we go. The one that I like the best is out of bounds off the tee. (laughs) Scotty's making some signals here. I uh, I don't know what he's talking about. Fingers and hands are moving everywhere in the podcast room right now. Scott, <laughs> this podcast is off the rails. It's off. Scotty's uh, got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> what was I? Where New was rolls. I? New rules. Out of bounds off the tee. Yeah. You can drop and take a two-stroke penalty. I love that. Uh, at my home course, there it's tight, it's inescapable. You're going to go out of bounds on a couple holes, and instead of having to really rack nerve rack if you're keeping your actual score, the fact that you got to hit three off the tee and that third shot better be in bounds, otherwise you're really fucked. So I think it'll speed up the game a lot more. Uh, it allows you to take a two two club length drop, so and it can be in the fairway from what I understand. So you're now. One OB, two stroke penalty. So you're hitting four from the fairway. So let me let me ask you about that. So you brought up a good point. So you when you take your your drop, are you dropping two club lengths from the white stick, the out of bounds stick that it last crossed, or are you just saying, like how where is it determined that you take your your drop? For your two-shot penalty. That's a very good question. I don't think that they've even determined that yet okay. because I haven't seen the rule book come out. I don't think the official okay. 2019 so rule book So it's not out. necessarily like if it goes to a red stake, you go from the, the point of entry right. to two club links. Yeah, I don't think it'll... I don't know. They could okay. play it like a red stake, but I don't think the official announcement's out. But someone did tell me fairway, like almost like it, it, the, the well, rule might be... Well, hypothetically, it could still be. Right. Because theoretically, if you go out, your third shot off the tee could go into the fairway and be a much better shot, right? right. So you're, at that point, if you chose to re-tee it, your fourth shot could be middle of the fairway, further, it could be much better. So I think the idea of the rule is that they're going to allow you to drop in the fairway so that you're basically getting the best case scenario, right? Yeah. So I think that's great. Also, important, important note on this rule Great for all of us amateur golfers. Yes, that will not be a professional rule. So pros can't do that. Oh, and if well, there goes my chances. <laughs> if you're in serious USGA tournaments, like all the, you know, the qualifiers. junior ams, all the qualifiers, yeah. like you can't do that. But, you know, for, for club tournaments and whatever, us amateurs will be able to do it. Good. And, and I'm glad that they're making that distinction 
between guys that or girls that are four or five plus handicaps and competing to make money versus the four, five, ten handicaps where we're going out there and playing the game because there's a big distinction between how we play the game already. So creating separate rules makes a lot of sense. There you have it. But there's also one thing that I I saw in the the new rules that I would think that, Steve, you would love this, is the repairing spike marks. Because, Uh, oh, my God, let me tell you, when golfing with him, this guy, especially on the green, I'm done putting for five (laughs) minutes, and he's going all around. Scotty has a strong take on this. Scotty and I disagree on this, so this this is a good one. So I, I love the fact that you can repair them. And actually, you're proving Scotty's point, much to my chagrin. Yeah. Yeah. But I love the I fact that they point, can... I don't know your point, but okay. I'm good. I love the fact that you can repair them because I think a mark is a mark. If it's going to impede the, the putt at all on the green, it doesn't matter whether a ball made that mark or whether some jerk who slammed his club made that mark or whether someone was like, you know, messing around with a tee or, flew, or he threw his club in the air and it made a random mark. There's all sorts of different ways you can you can do it. Now, fixing spike marks, like every little spike mark, that will be annoying as fuck. I don't intend to do that, but I do intend to it, repair any major divot that I see. Okay, so who determines what a major mark is? Well, you but do. but yeah. let's but let's go back to Emily's point, the point that you were making about the drop. All of these rule changes are for one instance, and this is the USGA's initiatives to try to speed up play. So therefore, rounds won't take... So you don't have to spend five minutes looking for that ball that you don't know if it's out of bounds or not. You can go take that drop. So now you're going to tell me that you allow people, and this is a reply to not... This applies to everybody, that you can fix spike marks or in your line of putt. So now what's going to happen is ev- people like Chambo. Or people like that were going to fix every single imperfection on every green and call for a rules official. Oh, is this a spike mark? Oh, is this a certain mark? And then you've got trickles down to having 15 and 20 handicaps fixing every imperfection on their local muni golf course, which is going to slow down play majorly. You've mm. heard it from your own wife that you do this currently. Oh, so like, yeah, what yeah. what is now the rules going to be for like the, the arrogant 20? Tw- 20 handicap who thinks he's a good putter and says oh i gotta fix that this is gonna bring the four and a half five, five hour rounds and does the opposite of the initiative that the usga is it could throw away it could throw away all of the initiative all the speed of play initiatives out the window well i'm with you i have another strong take on speed of play but our podcast doesn't have enough time <laughs> well <laughs> first of all to defend on. myself i don't take an hour like emily gets to the ball she doesn't read a green she just button. said she's been she done just, for five minutes she just she just putts oh like, because there's the argument steve doesn't think that i set up my putt and i'm just trying to make her it. a better golfer i'm like look yeah. babe you gotta line up the putt and then hit it you gotta read the green i'm reading the green he's the one that's asking me so, about the freaking and you're just ready if to I, go if I, if I have yeah. a birdie putt i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna look behind it i'm gonna i'm gonna walk beside it i'd have a little routine and if i see a divot mark i'm gonna oh it drives me nuts it's like he he does his routine of looking at looking at the ball squatting down fixing the ball this is what he stands back up he goes to the side he looks to the side of the line of path then he goes behind the (laughs) hole to see if he's correct in the line of path he goes then back to the ball playing golf he goes back to the ball Make sure that he tweaks his ball just right, and then he lines himself up. You know what I do? I just line the fuck up, and I just 
hit it. Yeah. And I know my line of path because yeah. he usually asks me, hey, is I this line be... of path right? I have a very good eye and oh, I don't boy. I don't second guess my my in, internal instincts because you know what? At the end of the day, what's right is your gut. So I just go and I hit and I'm usually good. Thank you. I do take I do take a little extra time on the birdie and eagle putts. I'll, I'll look at it from both sides. So but, instead of five but minutes, if it's ten. If we're playing together, I take 20 seconds to read a putt and go in. So I'm just going to defend myself. Um, I'm definitely rethinking all golf outing. Um, so <laughs> yeah, Scotty, you can be the, <laughs> you can be no, the we have, be the mediator. Yeah, we have, an intermediate. Right we have wrong. an unbiased party uh, to decide whether Steve me. takes, well, you can decide <laughs> without an opinion whether or not I take too all long. Right. Reading all right. Notes. All right. Sounds... All right. So then another, another rule uh, is unintentional double hits. No penalty. Bad I like rule. that one. Can you, you explain you that a bit? Bad rule. Oh no, this is one it. of the greatest things in like golf is like to do a TC chin, right? Like what's that? It's a double hit. Like when you see like uh, someone like really miss a chip shot and like they flub it and they <laughs> hit it again. It's called a TC chin. TC chin famously did this in in a golf tournament. Um, and like no, like if you hit it twice, you should be penalized. Like. All of these, I have a problem with trying to make this game too easy and like relaxing rules. Like golf is meant to be very difficult. Golf is meant to not be played in three and a half hours. Like these initiatives get away from what is unique about golf. It's so are you hard. saying it's that you want a slower play? I'm saying that 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 pace of play is the most overrated thing in all of sports, and I will defend people that play slow golf all day long. This initiative that, like, tee it forward and, like, oh, we need to play in three and a half. You can't play in four hours. Like, has gone so out of control that, like, people now, like, speed up to groups just so they can call Rangers and say, like, well, these guys are slow. You know, the real – so I, I disagree with you a little bit, but the real answer to that whole thing is – muni courses like space your tea times out by like 15 minutes sure and not six minutes so that you're behind 20 handicaps the you know the real world behind that is you know trying to trying to fix the time in between tea times i think but you know i don't i don't disagree with the usj for trying to get things teeing it forward there's nothing that pisses me off on a golf course more than seeing like a kid playing from the tips. He's like 12 years old. He's playing from the tips. He's but like the ball, why? Like yards. let him have that. That's his golf day. Like if he wants to go struggle and lose 10 golf balls, let him. No, that's horrible. You, so at the expense of everybody else on the golf course, like we let this kid play for like. I mean, this is an extreme example, obviously, but if somebody wants to play from the tips and they're and they're a 25 handicap, yeah. and I'm waiting behind, that. and I'm waiting me. behind him. Oh, get out of here! You were not that guy. I, I totally, totally. So you were a six-hour round. You're the guy holding up the course for seven oh, hours, and so, you're complaining yeah. to so, me about my. Putting? So, so in 2014, the USGA did a massive pace of play study. They spent like 20 million dollars doing the study, and what they found out is that most people, it wasn't the amount of time on the golf course, right? So, like people that played five hours weren't the most disgruntled golfers. The most disgruntled golfers were actually people that played just over four hours, but still waited on every shot. So it's the quality, it's the what happens in that four hours, not the not the four or five hours that's actually being taken place on the golf course. Okay, right. so that what that study proved was that a consistent movement of play amongst every hole 
is fine and won't create discretion. Right. So, so when we talk However, about four or five hours, we're looking at the wrong thing. Yeah, I, right. I, I However, agree. I can agree with that because I've had enjoyable five hour rounds. Right. A hundred percent. We have because you know we've done it with our family, and yes, we've had five instead of four sometimes, and that creates a five to five and a half hours, but it's still enjoyable. Or six or seven, but yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's not that long. But I, I, I guess I still don't fault. My point is, I don't fault the USGA for trying to do things like tee it forward or trying to get get yourself a drop, you know, out when you go out of bounds on white tees. I don't fault them, sticks. but the the the, <laughs> the spike mark reverses the whole initiative of fast play, and you will see it's hypocritical. People, you will see people do this, and you're gonna be stuck behind them. And so enjoy your six hour rounds. <laughs> so what do you think about the the move impediments into the bunkers? Smart move, right? Like if if it, I think it's all hazard, right? It's not just a not just bunkers, right? Um, I, like if you're in like a valley or a ditch, I think you can move an impediments, impediment. right? Like you move rocks or things like that. Um, I, I think it's smart, right? I think you shouldn't be. You should be able. Can to... Can we remove water? Can I just vacuum up a pond of water? Like just bringing <laughs> well, the shot back well, standing, here. Is... <laughs> well, that's an interesting question, right? Because standing water, would you now get a drop from a hazard? Which traditionally you do not, right? right yeah. Um, I think it's good because I'm a believer that if you hit into a hazard like a bunker, should you should be, be able to hit a good shot to yeah. get back. And too many times when you have an impediment or something like that, that takes that ability away. Um, and so, like, you're already in the bunker. That's trouble enough. You don't need to not be able to hit a second or third shot. See, I was kind of against it because, you know, that impediment is usually the rake. And the rake is the thing that usually keeps my ball from going in the bunker. So I'm okay with the rake or, or No, you can always move a rake. Well, rake should be out. Well, according to the USGA, rake should be out of the bunkers. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but you're saying like if there's a rock next Correct. to the bunker. Well, next to your ball, right? Okay. I yeah. can move that. All right, all right, all right. Previously you couldn't, but now you can. I think you can ground your club in hazards too now, in a red stake hazard, I believe. What? Yeah, you can ground them. That's unbelievable. That, see, that, again, that is getting away of of, of the, what, like the like, biggest rule of golf. You can't take like that practice swings in a bunker no no so I, I i i don't think you can take practice swings but you, you say can so can them. then like how like when did you determine when i ground it like if you uh, are behind the ball and your club like touches the sand barely a la dj in pga championship at 2010 at whistling straits you're not going to get penalized for inadvertently touching okay but could ground. i move sand then no you can't move sand but like well, how would you determine whether it's I think we me hitting see. the ball or if it's me actually creating a, a easier stance? I think we got to see the rule to come that that they actually write in it, but I'm pretty sure that that's the way it is that you can ground your club in a hazard. Don't like it. <laughs> don't like it. Maybe it's a certain type of hazard. Don't like I, it. I don't know about the bunker part, but I don't I believe like you can. Um, unintentional double hits. Anyways, there's there's more that we can probably get. Oh, this is this one I think is hilarious. Uh, no more than forty seconds to play your ball. Well, Steve, <laughs> Steve's gonna have a hard time with this one. No, nobody's gonna so, conform for, to this. For all Who's, of your defensive, you defend. gonna be Marshall's you defend fast play, but you take longer than anybody I know. Can I? You've never even golfed with me before. <laughs> Oh, but I have. I <laughs> exactly. I, have a, I don't take more than 40 I seconds to hit a shot in most shots. 
I, I don't take more than 40 seconds to hit a shot, most shots. But you know what I'm going to do? Not, no, I, the Instagram, reason I think this is funny. On our funny. Instagram, the next time that we golf, I will Instagram every single shot. Yeah, and you should. Stop watching. You should. If he hasn't swung by the time this Insta story is done, you know it's been too long because that thing is 30 seconds. And you're still setting well, up the shot. Technically, it could be 31, 32, 33, 34. It'd still uh, be within the limits. Still but long. the point I'm making is they're never going to enforce this on tour. Like, do you think there's going to be some marshal coming on when Tiger's like walking down 18? Uh, Mr. Woods, uh, you're going to be penalized. That took you 42 shots, 42 seconds to take that shot. Like, why even put this in the rule book? Like, it's the stupidest because, thing. Ever. Because again, everybody is fascinated with slow play and trying to fix it their way. It's the again most overrated thing in sports. Uh, I I don't know if it's the most overrated thing in sports. I think there are things. I think there are logical ways that we can speed up play. But why? Why does it have to speed up? It's fine how it is. No, it's not fine when you're stuck behind asshole thirty handicaps trying to play, play from the tips play at a or messing place or messing around at a on the better course. Time. Emily was Emily and I were at Cota de Casa once, and there were people making out on the green. We had to call like on top of each other. That's awesome, right? Like, <laughs> no, we had to call. Annoying. We're like, we've been waiting for, we'd be waiting for three minutes to hit every shot. You want to play golf like that? You know, it was kind of annoying this weekend, though. Even though, like, congratulations to the new married couple, we literally sat in the middle Ugh. of the freaking fairway for no joke twenty Ugh. minutes, so that the the wedding couple can finish taking their Photos. Yeah, that, bad, would not be, that would not be okay with me. Is, is it bad etiquette if I just hid into a wedding party? I would party say at some point. Of the at some point, it was, like, a, she's it like, was oh, a debatable oh, situation. Oh, we honey, congratulations! That we were smile, smile. We just got married. Boing. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Get the fuck out of the but way. That, again, that's that's not normal. Either is the making out. The guy that is out there just taking time trying to break one twenty. Right. Like, let him. That's his golf game. Like he shouldn't be forced to speed up. The guy that's playing 120. That's uh, the guy. Okay, I don't. I'm not saying you kick everybody off the course who's trying. Who who isn't a good golfer? Who's trying? Like he's playing golf and he's taking forever. But if you are doing, if you are detrimental to taking too long in between shots, making out on the greens, hitting from the tips when you're 12 years old, if you're doing stupid things like that. The marshal should come around and kick your ass off the course, or tell you at least tell you to move. Oh, we're gonna Wait, we're gonna agree to disagree. Why are you guys laughing? So earlier, <laughs> Scotty was mentioning he's making some hand signals to me, Wait, which I thought meant that Scotty had to go to the bathroom earlier in the podcast. But no, we were just supposed to read. <laughs> supposed to read the advertisement. Never got it in <laughs> until now. So what's the advertisement? It's for pinch. Okay, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Super random secret. I used to think fiber was just for old people, but a friend recently convinced me to try getting more. I was skeptical. But by day four or five, my gut health and life was changed. Turns out, only one in 20 are getting the fiber they need, which means that like 95% of people are not enjoying its amazing benefits. I'll tell you, I feel better and lighter overall after taking Pinch, and you can actually skip out of the bathroom smiling each day. Very underrated. <laughs> uh, you have to check out Pinch Magic Fiber. It's a premium, all-natural daily fiber supplement with just a hint of lemon ginger flavor flavor, <laughs> with free shipping right to your doorstep. Just one scoop with water, and it'll improve your game each day. 
You can find it at pinchmagic.com. That's pinchmagic.com. And they offer a discount code for our listeners to save 15%. So use code SHORTPUTT. That's S-H-O-R-T-P-U-T-T. All one word. Code SHORTPUTT to save 15% at checkout. Pinchmagic.com. So you guys, I know that we were talking about all these new rules, but one rule for sure that is staying in place is that you can't pick up a ball and then play it. Because it gets you disqualified. That's true. <laughs> That'll happen. <laughs> no, I found that this is like a nutty, nutty story. Doris Chen's, her mom, it comes, the investigators come to find out, it moved it from out of bounds to inbounds so that she'd have a better life. What a mom. So, yeah, and who are these like investigators that are like watching mom gate, like pick up the ball? And put it back well, so, into play. so the LPA, LPGA said an outside agency moved her ball back in bounds. And then Miss Chen and her caddy were made aware that the ball had been moved. So Doris elected to actually play the ball, which was a wrong ball by definition. But it was an altered lie. Right. And essentially what happened, it was a homeowner that was at around that 17th hole saw this woman pick up the ball, put it back in bound. When the investigation went on, the homeowner described this woman that was essentially the exact dis- description of, of Doris's mom. Right. So they just assume it was her mom that moved it back in. Uh, great, great play by the mom to try to do this. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's against the rules and that's going to get your daughter DQ'd. So and like, probably better that you don't. What's that conversation like? With mom, daughter. After Afterwards, that. yeah. Because I think she's been trying to... I read a little bit about this. I think she's trying to... She's been trying to make the tour yeah, for a while. Yeah, she's go at it. You know, she was very successful college career. She's a former NCAA right. champion. And just hasn't really made quite any or just two or three cuts um, already. So, yeah. Ugh. That's tough to get It's DQ. a tough break for her. Was this LPJ? Q school or just the LPGA tournament? No, it's the LPGA Q series. Correct. All right, so she, so so that was to get into the Symmetra tour. Then I'm not so sure. I don't which know tour. the dynamics um, of that. I know some. It was some an important qualifying yeah, tournament yeah, that she was, got. She got kicked out of. It was definitely a helpful career if she would have won. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't DQ. Didn't know. Yeah, uh, that's tough. You gotta be. You gotta pay attention. I mean, people just report these things. You can't just move your ball out of the. Uh, out of the out of someone's backyard. So, and Mama, don't take to, my ball. Expect not to get in trouble for it. But a tough break for her. That's horrible, honestly. I know that stinks. All right, guys. Well, uh, make sure you follow us on Waggle and Whiff on Instagram. That's just Waggle the letter N and Whiff, all one word. Same thing on Twitter. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you like it. If you're friends with us, which a lot of you are. Reach out and give us feedback. Thank you so much to those that that have done that already. We've gotten a lot of good feedback, and uh, it does help us as we kind of grow. We want to make sure that you guys are having fun. You guys feel like you're hanging out with amateur golfers, but you're also getting your tour takes in, and you're getting some good info from us. So, again, please keep the reviews coming, and we'll see you next week. And shout out to the Netherlands, Spain, Mexico, and Canada. Yeah, listeners from all over the world. I love that. My God, we are going international, you guys. This is awesome. About to be an exciting time. Oh, it's going, baby. It's going. (laughs) Holidays. (laughs) There we go. Enjoy the week, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye.